When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Who is going to be first to the floor here? And it was Marcus Smart as he usually is. Round drive. Scoop layup on the glass. That's not the first time we've seen a superstar in Green White sacrifice the body. Welcome into to another episode of First to the Floor. Ben Vallis here. Thank you for joining us. Hope you're doing well. The Celtics, they beat the Knicks in Boston. Bit of a blowout in the end there. We've got the potential revenge game tomorrow against the Sixers. Joining me as he often does, it's Wayne Spoonie. Spoonie, how's it going, man? Ben, I'm doing wonderful. Three straight. Mm. I have overcome my Drew Holiday-related writer's block. I'm almost hey. done. Amazing. Um, yeah, so... Uh, how do you, Drew, uh, should be coming out on Celtics blog in the next couple of days here, or it's a breakdown of how the Celtics are using Drew Holiday, and as especially as compared to last year in Milwaukee, where he was basically their primary ball handler. So when that drops, check that out. But yeah, it's been a great week, man. Great couple days. Yeah, absolutely. Cannot wait to read that. That sounds awesome. Jake Eisenberg, he's also here. He's a happy guy. No salty Jake tonight. Jake, what's up? No, salty Jake. There's nothing to be salty about. Last few games, three in a row. Celtics are back. MVP Tatum. Houses locking it down. Pritchard. Good again. Good at, good yeah. at basketball. Yeah, not terrible. It's all That's we nice. ask. Yeah. All we ask is be not terrible. Yeah, it's uh, probably more accurate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, look, the Celtics, they win 114 to, to 98. Uh, winning this game with their defense, it seems. Spoonie, are we witnessing a shift back to a defensive identity for the Celtics? Um, so, I, I, th- I think this is a really difficult question because the offense has been lights out too, you know what I mean? And like last year, I think we were like the second or third overall best defense as well. I think that was a little bit smoke and mirrors at time. It felt like Um, this year it does not feel that way. Uh, You know, we've got the number two defense per cleaning the glass, third in the half court, second in transition. I think the biggest thing for me is that we're fifth in defensive rebounding percentage right now per cleaning the glass, which is like we were all, I think for good reason, all really terrified of how this team was going to rebound. We're not fouling. We give up the fewest free throws in the league on defense. Um, so is are we shifting towards a defensive identity? I, I don't necessarily know if we can say that just because like we're shifting towards like a dominating identity on both yeah. sides of the ball is like what championship like, identity. Is, yeah, exactly. Like this team is just loaded, dude. They are really, really good. And the one thing we're not doing defensively is we're still not turning people over. 
but the the way we're it's coming to who care yeah, i think it is coming we started to turn the knicks over a little bit so and i don't even care if they're gonna play defense yeah. this well anyway yeah it doesn't really matter but like man that press we're on the precipice it feels like yeah. like how oh, many nice. of those like almost eight second violations or like tip balls like there's gonna be a game where we get like two or three and it's gonna be just pausing as trail three to like cap off a run as Mike Gorman goes, got it one more time. The uh, yeah, go Ben. Well, just Gorman was informed. But sorry, dude, he's on to everything you're saying. But Gorman is uh, he's he's back on one. He's he's really like bringing it home uh, in in all facets this uh, this season here. So it's good to see him uh, back in his uh, his usual form there after I don't know wavering a little bit last year. Understandably, not to go too deep on Gorman too early, but you know had the eye procedure and everything. Uh, he's like he's back on one this year. So it's, it's great to see. Dude, he, he's been really good. Yeah, not to go too deep, but maybe he you know he just needed to go on the Al Horford. on the Al Horford program. No longer doing road games. He's just <laughs> we're just like you know, and then when he has to turn it on, he can. But yeah, the rebounding was definitely something that was a concern. Um no, I wasn't super concerned because I I I knew knew they'd have the ability to kind of like make it a team-wide focus. It was just gonna be about whether or not they all bought into it. I think Porzingis has been a better rebounder than I've than I thought he was going to be. He's definitely not an elite rebounder for his size. Absolutely. Part of that, you know, not you know, being too, not being heavy enough in the ass um, to spin that one a different way today. <laughs> um, Tatum, though, is probably the head of the spear as far as like solving that problem. Uh, he's, you know, I don't know what he's at, like 10 rebounds, nine rebounds a game. Yeah. Um, he's been excellent on the boards. And then Drew's clutch rebounding across the board the memo has been received and everybody feels like a plus rebounder at that position. Even Pritchard and Hauser are rebounding at a, at a level that like you're really impressed with on a game to game basis. Yeah, it was definitely a point of concern going into the season just with the personnel we knew we were going in with that rebounding wasn't going to be a strong suit for the Celtics. And even last night, first half against the Knicks, giving up countless offensive boards and second chance points to, to Mitchell Robinson and co. To, so to see them turn it around sort of holistically this season and just in the second half of the game against the Knicks as well, really good to see. It's surprising. Fifth in defensive rebounding, like it's never been a strong suit for the Celtics for like as long as I can remember. Even back in the like Isaiah Thomas days, unsurprisingly, the dude's like five foot seven or whatever, <laughs> but that was not a good rebounding team at all. No. Uh, even with more of a prime Al Horford, uh, it was a huge difficulty for them. So I'm just used to the Celtics sucking at rebounds. So fifth, is huge. The other thing, they're allowing the second least amount of shots at the rim. Initially, I was looking at the team accuracy and the high percentages at which teams were converting at the rim. But you look at the um, the volume of shots that teams are taking at the rim, like they're just not getting there. So despite the accuracy, they're just not getting themselves in a position to, to score at that level, which is great. And shouts to, to Paul Zingas and I don't know, man, really the whole defense. Everyone, like last yes. night, they were on a string. Like They were just so fluid as a five-man unit. Uh, and they're also allowing the team the second most from long mid-range, which, as we all know, is the Excellent. least efficient shot. The 2019 Tatum's mm-hmm. favorite shot, uh, Jalen Brown as well, back in the day. Uh, not a good shot to take. So we're funneling teams into taking the worst kinds of shots. So no matter how you slice it, the defense, Spoonie, uh, it's incredible. And they used it to, to beat the Knicks last night in what was an absolutely... Fucking gritty game. It really was. Yeah, it was a classic Celtics uh, Knicks Knicks game. It really was. And I I think the most encouraging thing for me is the starters last year that basically Smart instead of Drew Holiday and KP, or rather Al instead of KP, was not a bad defensive lineup. Um, They were like 111.8 defensive rating, which would be like right in the middle of the league. 
our starters have the they're the second best defensive lineup in the NBA right now. So like <laughs> the starting lineup has leveled up defensively um, and considering all the weapons they have offensively, like I, I just don't know how like they're not going to lose a lot of games when those five guys are healthy. It's just not going to happen. So that is like maybe the most encouraging thing to me, because under Udoka, the defense was really all about that double big lineup. Yep. And so I think there's questions like, oh, can we defend at that level with a smaller starting lineup? So far, the answer is absolutely resoundingly yes. Well, so the numbers like kind of on par with the levels at that like January to like that three month window where Rob was healthy and like that defense was happening. Like that, um, are they that good? Cause they're definitely better this year than, than last year. Um, the like last season, they were like, every time you check the defensive ratings, you'd be like, there's, there's, Second, their third, they ended the season second in defense and they definitely had stretches where the defense was there, but it wasn't there consistently. Part of that had to do with Rob probably being in and out of the lineup. And even when he was healthy, like every second or third game, he just didn't look right. This, this team is all bought in. You can tell on the defensive end and whether or not that means that their identity is defense. Maybe you look, their identity is buy-in. Like mm-hmm. having everybody buying into defense. Like we ho- we heard in the off season, Jalen being like, we got to hang our hat on defense. We have like all these guys echoing the same sentiment. Also, Marcus wasn't the same guy defensively last year as he was the year previous. That was a big part of it. Like Drew's kind of much closer to the 2022 version uh, of Marcus, but like maybe just buy in and connectedness, everybody pulling in the same direction that's the identity of the team sacrifice being the identity of this team. Like everybody pulling for that one goal. Cause on offense, you've got Jalen trying to fit in and embracing, like figuring out the chemistry with uh, pausing Um like even drew, like he's taking 11 shots a game. That's the lowest since his rookie year uh, where he took seven attempts. So yeah. true. And all these guys sacrificing, that's maybe the identity. You yeah, got those numbers, Spoonie? You had yeah, breakdown yeah. face on? Yeah, great. Yeah, maybe uh, some, so, some time there. Uh, yeah, from January 1st to the end of the season, the Horford, Smart, Jalen, Rob, Tatum lineup had a 95.4 defensive rating, Jesus. which would be like by far the greatest of all time. Yeah. It was like would have led the league by like 15 points per 100 that season. So I don't think we're quite at that level, but like <laughs> we're a lot closer. And then if you yes. replace Grant Williams for Horford, it goes down to 93.8. So uh, right. not quite at that level, but we're a lot closer to that iterations defense yeah. than we are last year's defense For sure. um at least when it comes to the starters which i think is a, is a great thing with an offense that uh is firing yeah. on all cylinders and far more impactful and just getting back to the the identity shift stuff there that you were hitting on jake Horford as well is absolutely yes. taking on uh, a new role and if you read bobby manning's tweets like he's he's tweeted this sort of stuff out a few times but uh that Horford is quote not thrilled with mm. the the situation change up from his perspective, which I found interesting, you you would just assume that of all people willing to make that level of a sacrifice on the team, it would be the aging big, the vet, the thirty seven year old guy who like did lose a huge layer of his effectiveness in the playoffs last year, where his three point shot sort of uh, begin began to diminish a little bit, and he was l- less effective when we really needed him here there deep in the postseason. Surprising to me that he seems, you know, and we're just going by what a few media folks are saying here, but that he's seemingly less willing to to make sacrifices or less stoked about having to make those sacrifices. I think I think 
you have to remember that Horford, as you know, beautiful as he is, as gorgeous as uh, Al Horford can come across, uh, smooth as Al Horford is, you have to remember that he's like a fierce competitor and doesn't quite come across like the way that he his personality is. Like you know, going all the way back to college and winning a national title, the one seed, like de- like defensive um, monster year in year out. Like he's been a winner for like 20 years basically. So like, I think just like the competitor in him wants to start. He's used to starting, but um, yeah, like I, I understand that. And I do understand how, like he has struggled a little bit with the role, I think adjusting specifically on offense. I think defensively he's been really good. And I even, we, we can run these, these defensive clips here because yeah, Horford, fe- Horford features here. Um, but yeah, this is the three defensive possessions from from yesterday, which we, we I think we can talk over. Yeah, and again we got the the white boys up front getting the press started, and then yeah, look, Horford over, too. Look, yeah, Horford's yeah. on quickly over here, and it's like okay, well we, you're going to give us that matchup. Horford holds up really well. How's it coming to help? Recovers. Could have swung it to quickly there, but Horford then holds up. Randall Porzingis comes to help. Recovers back. Pritchard's right there for Brunson. The amount of clips. And possessions, and then Porzingis with a nice closed defensive rebound here. And then Pritchard, all game yesterday, I think, had a really good defensive game, picking up full court. But yeah, now, like, Hauser held up again on switches kind of across the board. And look at Big Al, dude, pushing the pace. And then um, this possession, they press, and then they go into a 1-2-1 zone out of the timeout, which is something that they hadn't done. Is Is this the possession? No, he's like, yeah, yeah. So like, this is something they hadn't done before, and it instantly forced a a turnover. Actually, I don't think it was that possession. But then like, they actually get the rebound, they recover, and then Drew Holiday draws the offensive foul against Stephen Chenzo. It's just like the amount of possessions that I went through yesterday. Like, I had to actually go through and watch the game because when you're trying to pull clips, all of the like the New York field goal attempts were like on NBA stats, starting with like seven seconds to go because the that was when they're, they're, all of their shot attempts were coming, getting off because the Celtics were like, one, forcing them to start their first action at like somewhere between 15 and 12 so that they were consistently having to like find something with seven or seconds left on the shot clock. Um, I was like, I've never actually had to do this before. And yeah, it was a great sign. Annoying work-wise for me, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> those like yeah. those switches between Horford and Hauser as well in that first play that you ran, they're so fluid. Yeah, that was the case for the entire roster last night. All eight of them, I think we ran an eight-man rotation. Very, very short. Maybe we can touch on that in a second. But just the fluidity and the communication that goes into those switches, no gaps. There were no chances, nothing there, nothing easy for the Knicks, which is, uh, yeah, very reminiscent of that, that 2022 defense, which is uh, awesome. Yeah, and I like I really like the way. So the one thing about that 22 defense was the scheme was not a, I mean, it was complicated in the way they switched and how often they did sure. and some of the things they did and how they attacked ball handlers. But like you knew they were switching everything at all yeah. times. That's not the case with these this defense like um Joe is going deep into the bag like he's all over the place, man. He's throwing zones. At, I, I, I there was one play where we were in like a three two zone and then it like morphed into a two three zone like halfway through the possession. I wonder if that's just like if somebody makes this cut, then you sink from the middle of the the top like back down to the two three. I don't I don't I was like, whoa, I've never even this is like what the Warriors do, that type of stuff. Um, and then you add in uh, like the pressing. 
then sometimes we're go- throwing switch at people. Sometimes we're a straight drop. And it's just like, it goes back to like the versatility of this team is just absolutely insane, man. Joe Missoula getting better in his second year when Never. he has longer than a fortnight to prepare for the season. Yeah. That is surprising. Who could have seen this that coming? possibly happen. Um, Eric Weiss, friend of the show, he's, he's dick lapping me in... Uh, during the show, he's sending me some stats here. The uh, defensive rating of our of our starting lineup, uh, 89.2 mm. in 134 minutes played. That's um, lower. Yeah. It's 11 games, though. That was... But, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it... Yeah. To be fair, with, that, with a 39 net rating, yeah. uh, which is yeah. insane, but highlighted Look, the defensive rating. That stretch wild. from January to March probably wasn't that many games either. Like, that was just that one beautiful moment in time where Robert Williams was was healthy. And that was such a it feels like a fever dream. It really does. I know. It feels so good. And also, if you want to dick like us during the show, please feel free. If you want to send us some stats, uh, either in the chat here or Twitter DMs, feel free. We always love that kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, that first possession that you ran there, Jake, I also want to say there's a clip on our Instagram uh, at first mm. of the floor 18 of Jake and I just like getting ridiculously overexcited on that, on that possession. Uh, so go follow us <laughs> on all socials. And uh, we made a note of this in the run sheet, but we do such a terrible job of like, uh, encouraging people to like the stream or subscribe to the channel or follow us on Twitter, follow Jake and Spoonie on Twitter as well. So if you're here, been here for a while, you're enjoying the show, we don't ask, we don't do a good job of asking people to do that. Oh, please calls do to action. So please do it. Yeah, I know it's cliche, um, but it helps us like navigate the algorithm and all of that sort of stuff. So um, very helpful if you do. Jason Tatum, guys, despite the great defense of the whole team in this game, it was a three-point game with eight minutes to go. Cue the Tatum four-point play oh. over Josh Hart, sort of falling back, starfishing on the on the ground there, uh, and just that play being the impetus for the for the Tatum mega superstar takeover in this game. Um, Spoonie, what what else can you say? It's like you expect it, you're not surprised, and yet it's always as orgasmic as the last time. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of or- orgasmic, using dick life as a verb to a non Celtics yeah. fan, like dick life, just dick life me yeah. would be, I don't know where just people would think that's. Dick going, us whenever but. you want. It's, yeah. it's- <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, it's Tatum, Tatum. Speaking of, never mind. Uh, yeah, dude, like, I-, I just tweeted out, like, halfway through his takeover, like, Tatum is just an assassin now. Like, this, he just looked, like, so in control so dominant the Knicks had absolutely nothing for him like they had nobody that could guard him like they're throwing grimes at him they're throwing double like it didn't matter they're trying to trap him on the pick and roll and he's snaking it like he's like a point guard like he's Jalen Brunson like he's slipping between the defenders and like Euro stepping around the help and he's just like going by three people I'm like what the what is this (laughs) dude is six foot nine yeah um and look some of the pull-ups, it's like if those don't go down, maybe we're sitting here being like, yet again, Tatum. But I felt like his process was right. Um, I, I know you guys talked about it on Late Night, Jake, where you were like, he went to those like mid-range and post-ups first, got his rhythm, and then the pull-ups started coming. And he just like, once those start going down at that rate, like it's over, dude. Like it feels like he could score 100 if he starts that <laughs> a game off like that. He only took four three-point attempts in the first half, and I don't think all of them were like, you know, the classic Tatum pull-ups. I they, they At least one or two of them were in, were in the flow of the offense. So, like, it does feel like he's doing the, the, the searching from the three-point out in way less. 
the only game that he's really done that that comes to mind is the the second Nets game um, where 11 of his 17 attempts were from the three-point line. But he has 100% been working um, from the inside out. And I'd, I'd noticed it like after three or four games that Tatum was like at 50% from the mid-range. And I was like, okay, it's, it's three or four games. That's too small of a sample size to really start to to read anything into. Um, but it was clear that it was definitely becoming part of the process, specifically coming out of the post, um, you know, those, those turnarounds and stuff. But then the last couple of games, and especially yesterday, you know, posting up those small defenders, Josh Hart, it's definitely something that he has gotten to in the playoffs, but not been able to consistently knock down in the regular season. So like his last three years combined, he's like at 37.5% from the mid range. First, how many games have we played? 10? 10. 8 and 10. 10 games this season, 51.6% from the mid-range. And that's like, if that's going to, even if that's high, if that comes down to like the mid 40s or like even like the 43% range, that's a shot that you can feel comfortable him to him going to. He's only taking 3.1 of them per game. But if he's able to add, add that element to his game now, that's just, again, a new, a new element, a whole new, a new sign that he is leveling up, taking that leap. Yeah, he's taking three point one a game, but he, I think he's he's posting up more than that, and there's just mm-hmm. passing opportunities and playmaking opportunities that come out of that because of him being such a shooting threat to begin the season. I know we haven't seen that many passes out of post ups the last few games, but particularly to start the season, he was he was spamming that a lot more harder. So that's it's a tool in his tool belt that he can go back to. Uh, once defenses adjust to him shooting at such a high clip from from that position, there was a quote from Bob Ryan after the game, and you know the reason I wanted to highlight this is because Bob Ryan's a little bit like uh, reminding me to phrase this delicately. <laughs> like he, he's just he's pretty locked into like the the period that he covered to to put it fairly and accurately. So for him to say, ladies and gentlemen, Jason Tatum is finishing this game against the Knicks with a big-time bird-like flourish. Isn't that what people have been asking for uh, or from him? That's just that's high praise given the position <laughs> that, that Bob Ryan is in with the era, the era rather than he covered. Um, so I thought that was worth highlighting. Anything else on Tatum, guys, before we move on? We could probably just talk about Tatum for another couple of hours. I was going to say, so I would say 10 games, 8 out of 10 have been MVP caliber. There's been two that haven't been. And like, I think that's a pretty good mark if 80% of the games he's at an MVP level and the other two, it's like that weird kind of floating range. I haven't tracked like what's like, you know, Jokic feels like he's the same every single night. Uh, But even like no one else in the league right now is consistent like that. You know, Steph has his off nights. Luca has his off nights. Um, Everybody does. So... Um, yeah. Yeah. Real quick, few numbers on the post-ups. He's shooting out of post-ups three times a game. Jake's got the Kelly Olenek hair from the comment section <laughs> here, uh, which, which is like super high praise. Yeah. Olenek yeah. has beautiful hair. Yeah. Neon Jesus. Uh, yeah. He's shooting, he's shooting out of post-ups three times a game. So that means he's posting up way more because he's yeah. not shooting every time out of it. That was 1.4 last year. 94th percentile in efficiency last year. He's at the 90th percentile in efficiency this year. So he's more than doubled the number of times he's doing it and he's keeping the same efficiency. That is just like, serious, that's, dude. That's very okay. good. Okay, let's <laughs> yeah. go. Insane. Everyone ahead of him, he's 12th in the number of post-ups. Uh, per okay. game. Everyone ahead of him is either really tall or really wide, meaning Zion. 
So right. like he's just by himself as like a, a a wing who's posting up this much. He's twelfth in the league in post ups per Number game. Number of post ups, yeah. Well, that is that's a we lot. Like it, dude. We yeah. we like <laughs> when last working. time he when last time he last year he barely qualified for like some of the like the to, to you know you're gonna make a graphic. It's like minimum possessions. He wasn't making mm-hmm. even the list when we begged for it. And look, dude, a lot of the stuff that we asked for from Tatum and this team is like happening in, 10 games in. Can we send Sam Capello a nice <laughs> bottle of wine? Is that appropriate? <laughs> yeah. I would like to do that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, me too. Uh, the, the last piece for Sam Cassell, when are we getting the big balls dance? Who's it yeah, going to be? I don't think Richard. it's a Tatum thing. He's too chill. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be Pritchard. It, it is. That's perfect. Yeah, it's too easy. Lay up. Nailed it. We are going to be right back to talk about Jalen Brown, but first, a quick word from our sponsor. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official Partner of the NFL. So Jalen Brown, I got, not the I got perfect one. game. I got one. Not the perfect game. Not a great game. Oh, you got a bet. I was going to get bet. straight to it. Yeah, please. No, 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 please no, I've always got a bet. It's a quick one. Just Nuggets money line versus Clippers. Just hop on board the James Harden disaster train and uh, you're going to get your bonus bet right there. <laughs> Sounds like sound advice. <laughs> if, if acted on responsibly, of course. Gamble of course. responsibly. Um, $5 only. Yeah, yeah. Solid. Jalen Brown. Different different vibes to James Harden at the moment, thankfully, I think we can say with accuracy. Yeah. Not the perfect game from Jalen in this one, a little up and down, um, but he certainly impacted the game on both ends, I think is, is fair to say. Spoonie, was it a positive game or a negative game for, for Jalen Brown? So I, I, I think if you look at Jalen's stats, you're like, ah, kind of a below average Jalen. I loved how he played in this game. I, really, I thought like he his defense in the last couple of games has been like, worlds better than it has in the past and i thought he moved the ball um fairly quickly i think he attacked at the right times um he had a few kind of out of control drives but that happened tatum has those too um but for the you know he had six assists and it just feels like he's getting to that number five six assists way more often this year i thought most of his uh, like three point attempts he had one or two like kind of crazy pull-ups but that's fine that's he makes those shots you want jalen feeling like confident and free to take those types of shots if he's feeling it and he's just an absolute monster in transition. Um, so I I think like the stats don't tell the story of how good Jalen Brown played last night and has been playing recently. I think we talked about it last show. It's like I think Jalen's made sort of a subtle. He's I, I actually, Jake, I think you said it, he's kind of figuring out what this team needs from him since he's had the biggest adjustment. And I, I think we're going to have a stretch here where Jalen just really pops. Um, and I think it's going to happen soon. Jalen Brown, you know, single game plus minus is always one of those weird things that everybody says. It's one of those weird things. But I feel like Jalen's often like his box score numbers and what you see on the screen kind of like match up. And I feel like it's an out. This is a new thing for like Jalen goes seven for 18, two for nine from three, three turnovers. If you told me that, it'd be like, oh, the Celt- like, and, and the Celtics win by double digits. It'd be like, oh, you know, that'd be a classic Jalen Brown minus four night or something like that. The fact that he was a plus 17 last night, I think it's a really good sign. The fact that he's buying into that, the 
you know, doing the dirty work is a big thing. Um, you know, really buying into that gang rebounding. And he has a new best friend, the Latvian legend, the Bear Slayer, which um, this is, I believe, um, the, the Latvian <laughs> <done> some research. <laughs> the Latvian bear, the Latvian legend, the Bear Slayer. Um, <laughs> Jalen, the, the energy shifter and the bear slayer, <laughs> the duo we didn't know we needed, but we, we definitely did. It's a big part of why Jalen's like finding success here. I think that he's, um, it's like all feeding in together. They're best buddies. I love it. <laughs> I was saying it a late night last night, Jake, where we were looking for little like things to, to sink our teeth into, to get our hooks into as far as emotionally getting behind the team. And this little buddy cop story that's beginning to emerge yeah, with, with KP and JP uh, is awesome. One great thing about living in this time zone is when you wake up in the morning, all of NBA Twitter has gotten their hands on the tracking data from the games the day before. So you wake up to this influx of data that you just consume like before you even get out of bed. And Greeny had some good stuff on Jalen Brown coming out of the game yesterday against the Knicks. So on Jalen Brown, he guarded Julius Randle on 21 possessions and allowed zero points on O of three shooting over 21 possessions. That's insane. He also guarded Jalen Brunson on 14 possessions and allowed zero points on O of two shooting. And he guarded Josh Hart on 10 possessions and allowed zero points on zero of zero shooting, just like locked down from an individual defense perspective, anyone that he was assigned to. And then we've already talked about the team defense. The team defense can't be good if there's an, you know, if there's a weakest link in the chain situation going on with Jalen Brown. So it was great team defensively, spectacular individually. Um, and then we've seen some, you guys pointing it out and some thoughts in the comments as well about his rebounding really being notched up this season as well. So Spoonie, I think you're right. And I, I hope you're right. I hope it's soon that we see this uptick in his offensive production uh, and, you know, a Jalen Brown Eastern Conference player of the week or even month um, coming up soon. Wow. Spicy. Yeah. And I love how different those guys are that he guarded. Like you've got the normal mm. wing sized guy, Josh Hart. You've got the shifty footworky point guard in Brunson. And you've got like, I, I don't even know what julius randall is like a wrecking ball dude i arms i am i hate him dude I'm, i, I hate, hate the way that him he, play basketball he just <laughs> he, he already tore apart plumley's knee now Porzingis' his knee he, and because the only way he knows how to play is by just bouldering into people amidst his frustration about throwing brick after brick into the ocean and Jalen shut him down. So it's yeah. beautiful. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Course. Shout out Jalen Brown. There was a comment upstream a little bit about us not praising Jalen Brown. I don't know where that's come from because we're all about <laughs> the Jalen Brown praise here. And we find it extremely difficult to um, to give him negative thoughts when they occur <laughs> because that's not who we are as people. Anyway, someone else that we'll give positive <laughs> praise to, Samuel House Money, the house Dude, trap. Every day. House party houser. So good. Just uh, we talked about it on late night last night, but and we always talk about the non Tatum lineups. And there was an issue with non Hauser lineups last night in the first half because Tatum went to the bench. We had everyone but Tatum still in the game, so Horford came in for Tatum. And you think, okay, that's that's the best possible non Tatum lineup to have out there, personnel wise. And they immediately faltered as Tatum went to the bench, despite the the talent that they had out there. But then instead of Horford, uh, a little bit later, Sam Hauser comes in, starts hitting infinite threes at an insanely high clip just splash 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 like he hit one from so deep so uh, deep i think was actually in in the second half but um so effective and just kept this team in it until they came out in that second half and and turned up their defense and aggressiveness and ultimately won the game um sam hauser i mean spoonie (laughs) how else can you phrase it at this point like we he's just the best 
<laughs> like this, this is how I know like he is like this next level of like shooter is that he had an open corner three and it rimmed out. And I was like floored that he yeah, missed yeah. that shot. Like I was legitimately shocked he missed that shot. Yeah. So he was shooting 63% on open threes going in or wide open threes going into the game. I suspect that has gone up after yes. that game. I think he was three for four on them. So I mean, like, look, that's just such a weapon. And even if he's not shooting the ball, it creates so much extra space for your stars because you if you help off him, they just kick it to him and he buries the shot. And if you don't help off him, you're playing four on four against some of the best players in the NBA. And when they have that much room, there's absolutely no stopping uh, JB, JT and KP. So or Drew Holiday, who yeah. like also is our fifth option and can just post people up whenever the hell he wants, apparently. He's yeah. up to forty-seven point five percent on threes for the year. Ten oh, games, wow. including the slump where he was yeah. like twenty yes. percent for the first few games, uh, and he's only twenty-five. Just looking at his stats now, reminded me <laughs> just the dimensions are as put well, it away. Like then six, seven, twenty-five. 98 kilos or 217 pounds for the, for the Americans in the chat. Uh, just dimensions, the the three-point stroke, um, the vibes, the nickname potential. It's hard to say a single negative thing about this guy at the moment. The contract he's making. Yeah, oh, yeah, contract. Oh, my I God. <laughs> you know, like some, some might argue that 47% is unsustainable. I would no. counter that by saying that he shot 49% in his sophomore year of university. So um, there's still room for growth, I think. I don't, I don't see why we can't we can't get up to the to the 49% mark for, for the season. But yeah, dude, like he missed two threes yesterday, one of which rimmed out. The other one was like a mid-court buzzer beater. And other than that, he the one that he hit from like the logo just like – didn't even consider touching the rim. He hasn't touched the rim in a week, it feels like. It's unbelievable. Love to see it. Yeah. And yeah. all those concerns about the bench. I know Pritchard is still far from perfect. He did hit a really important big three. clutch-ish shot. Heavy, yeah. heavy contest, really tight closeout. Yes. Hit a big three. I was As soon as that went up, I was like, there's no chance that shot's going in. And of Same. course, of all the attempts that he's had, all the wide open looks, that's the one that goes down. But uh, very important. So great to see the bench yes. turning upwards led Look, by uh, Sammy Hauser there. Look, Pritchard definitely played with more confidence yesterday. He's been playing with a little bit more confidence and he's actually been impacting the game. So like he's been good overall, I would say, and he's shooting 33% from the field. Um, and so like, let's, yeah, it's bad. And 27% from three, 23% from three. So like yep. once that comes hopefully up to where we know he's capable of, then then that's the, the whole vision achieved. Done. I, I thought both Hauser and Pritchard defensively were awesome really last night yeah. too. Like Pritchard had times where he was ISOed on Randall and he did enough to at least let help come over, um, which is all you ask. And Randall is loath to pass the ball. So it's it's, it's an so effective funny. way. Yeah, yeah, it's an effective way to defend him. Just mm -hmm. bring hard help, force him to finally pass it. And you're already, you know, you've already like pre-rotated when the pass happens because it takes him so damn long. So, um, yeah, I thought both of those guys were awesome on that end too, which is like if you're looking at our bench outside of Horford, or at least with those two guys, you're thinking like, well, yeah, we know they can shoot it, but on the other side, they're gonna maybe they'll give up more than they um, add to the team. And so far, that's not been the case. Like Pritchard hounding people for 96 feet, Full court, is, dude. Th yeah, that's valuable, man. Like yep. that sucks to play against. So uh, I'm very encouraged by those two dudes on that end too.
Do you rate Pritchard as a screen navigator as well? Because you know, we were getting caught up on those Mitchell Robertson screens early in the game. And I felt like particularly in the second half, Pritchard did a really good job of sort of like ducking through them, even if it was going under at times and getting back out to the, the ball handler there. He seems he can be somewhat effective in that sense defensively also. Yeah, I think he's a lot better at it this year than he has been in yeah. the past. Definitely. I mean, nobody's going to be Derek White, but it's certainly helpful to have that guy teach you how to do it because a lot of it's footwork like. Pritchard, for his limits athletically and size-wise, is quick laterally. Yeah. Um, and that's all you really need to stay in front of guys. And that's how you get around screens, right? Your footwork's right, and you move quick laterally. So, I, yeah, I thought, like, seriously, really, really impressed with his defense. And screen navigation, a big part of it. Yeah, man. Now, he uh, just good. Just solid. Like, solid. <laughs> just solid. He he fights. Like, he's the, the Pritch dog right here. Like in the in the comments, he is going to fight, and he's just not a turn turnstile. Like he's at least when he gets matched up onto these bigger guys, he at least forces a jump shot a lot of the time, and like they make it obviously because he's they can shoot over him, but he makes them work, and that's all you can ask for. Hmm, Shout absolutely. out my buddy Raffy from home in the chat with the Pritch, <laughs> the dog. Pritch dog. Yeah, <laughs> one of my good buddies. <laughs> nice, love it. Uh, let's end on this, guys. So the Sixers, the revenge game, potential revenge game at least, right around the corner. How do you guys expect, Jake, we'll start with you, Joe, to adjust the game plan coming up against the Sixers based on what we saw from them a week ago? I've been thinking about this because the Sixers have emerged as the second best team in the East, like, pretty comfortably now. And again, just driving, I did a CPR course this morning, so... Um, I'm ready to save lives. Um, I might need that if we lose tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll pop. I'll pop through the screen. Yeah, Aussie feel on on point as per usual. Yeah. Fuck the Sixers. <laughs> um, they are to defend the Sixers now. Like they really have two guys that you're you're scared of with the ball in their hands. Like yes, they've got shooters, but outside of Maxi and Embiid. There's not a lot of creation outside of that. And so I do think that, you know, they, they didn't try trapping Maxi at all. And I do think that's something that he doesn't have a lot of experience dealing with. Um, he's small. So like when you you trap him with a Tatum and a and a Porzingis or an Owl or whatever, like that's a lot of length and um intelligence uh to pass around that I think you could really bother him. I just wonder if it's worth even doing that though, like in the regular season. Like, do do they make any real adjustments? Right now, is it worth doing it because the playoffs are so far ahead? So you may as well try some adjustments just to see if it works because the impact on the playoffs is far out. You know, you're still going to play the Sixers two more times anyway. I don't know. I think there's definitely plenty of stuff they could do, but I'm, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't change that much. Yeah, I, I think part of it too is like I, I always try to be cautious not to overreact to a bad shooting night. And look, yeah. we generated more corner threes than Philly did. They shot 50% on them. We shot 31% on them. And like, if that's flipped, that's an easy Celtics win, right? So, and I thought the defense that game, like there was more we could do against Maxi, especially when Embiid's off the court, Jake. I think mm -hmm. that trapping is like yes. the way to go. There's just no reason Absolutely. not to do it. Um, but uh, ultimately, like we generated pretty good looks. If KP is not hurt, if he's playing, I think what we'll see is KP spaced out. It seemed like 
deeper behind the line against the Knicks and really dragged Mitchell Robinson out. And if Mitchell Robinson didn't guard him, he just popped a 28 footer and buried yeah. it. Right. Like and that that's those extra couple of feet is so important against these big shot blockers because they're a little slow footed, but they can block you from behind if they have time to recover. So like if I, I expect if KP plays, we will see him stretching further back from the line. Um, and yeah, defensively, Jake, I, I, I like, I, I like where your head's at a lot with some trapping here and there, but go full Belichick on these dudes, man. Don't reveal okay. too much of the hand on yeah. them. Like, yeah. don't go too crazy, Joe. Like, make his <laughs> press. Yeah. Because well, Nick Nurse is like, kind of like, he's not Doc. Like, he, yeah. we know, can like drum up some pretty, like, smart playoff tactics and strategies. So I don't want to, you don't want to give him too much. But I mean, trapping a dynamic ball handling guard, it's not a new tactic, right? No. It's not like they'd be surprised if we suddenly did that in the playoffs, having not, not done it all regular season. So I think especially where the seeding's at now, if you can pull that out and use it to, you know, to a good effect and, and win the game and get back on, on top of the seedings there in the East, and I think you've got to do it. And it's it's <laughs> must win, difficult. It sounds like it's, 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 it's a must win. Sixers and give it the last <laughs> a week ago, it's a must win. I'm, I'm giving it the yeah. Ben Dallas <laughs> must win stamp there, as always, as is every game against the Sixers. They are losing now by only yeah. seven um, to to the Pacers now. And yeah. Maxi has just 12 points midway through the, the third quarter. There. Yeah, so, so we could do get them off the back of a back-to-back, which is which is nice too. Yeah, absolutely. We'll take it though. I mean, yeah, <laughs> we just want to beat these guys. <laughs> Uh, anything else? I, I, I guess the uh, Porzingis thing we should touch on as well. He obviously copped a few knees to the thigh, it looked like. He's, he's out with a, a, a knee contusion potentially tomorrow. There was one collision with Julius Randle that we spoke of course, about. Uh, Josh Hart, another sort of dodgy like undercutting of, of KP's landing there a little bit. He played out the rest of the game. So, like it's not like, I mean, we're just yeah. speculating here, but there's some sort of structural issue with the mm. knees probably, again, speculating, pulled up a little sore. And it's potentially um, considering not playing the game. Is it a game where Al Horford could maybe, if you've got one person to play in yeah. lieu of Kristaps Porzingis, you're kind of glad that it, that it is Al Horford because he still can space the floor. He still can play somewhat solid defense on, on Joel Embiid. Like, do you still have some hope going into the game, I suppose, is the right way to ask it if KP is out? Look, if you ask me... What do I want? Do I want KP to play and not play? I'm going to choose I want KP to play. But there is a pretty big part of me that wants to see what it looks like for Al when he's been on the, um, you know, the rejuvenation plan the, to start the season. Like he's playing like under 20 minutes a game to start the season. So like KP out, put Al in the starting lineup. You know he gets up for these Philly games. I would like to see what Al could do in a matchup against Philly and Embiid uh, with KP out and you can kind of ramp um, Horford's minutes up and maybe you give him the next game off or or whatever. But um, I, I would like to see it just because I, I think he'd be just, he'd be, look, he'd be stoked. The competitor, the man would be ready to freaking go. I'm about to say something incredibly stupid. Oh, yes. Oh, no. All right, let's go. I kind of want to see what Luke Cornett looks like on Embiid this year. Like, oh, he's big oh. enough. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm not. I don't think it's going to go well, but, like, he's big enough to defend Embiid. Um, so, like, let's see. Like, if that works for 15 minutes while Al starts, like, maybe that's something we can go to in the playoffs to just kind of wear him out a little bit. Like, banging against Cornets, not, it's harder to do than banging against Kristaps, that's for sure. And, like, maybe save KP. You know, I'm not saying, like, let's 
play Luke. Start, start Luke. Yeah. Start yeah, Luke. I mean, <laughs> what? I'm just saying, like, it's game five. The Celtics are up 3 1. Embiid's kind of going a little crazy, but you know, like, you like, get some fouls on him, like wear him out a little bit. And then he slows down in the fourth quarter and we win the series four one. You know, there's like, you never know what <laughs> oh, you're going to need. You never know what you're going to need in the playoffs is all I mean. So let's see Luke on him a little bit. Or yeah, Kata. Could, I'd be yeah, fine with Kata's that. Yeah, got, got the questionable tag as well. So he could potentially be ready to go. I wonder if it's like, he's probably okay to play. And if Pozingas doesn't play, then maybe they give him a try. My prediction is that Pozingas plays. That's my, that's my prediction is that, uh, they're going to want to get this win. Yeah. To hopefully give him a nice restful spot on the on the back of the plane there where it can stretch out, you know, um, electromagnetic <laughs> pulsing on, on his thigh muscles or whatever whatever the treatment is. I'm, I, I'm not uh, up to speed on those things. But uh, yeah, it certainly didn't look like anything particularly bothersome given that he, uh, he played out the rest of the game. So we'll see. I hope he plays too because I hate the Sixers. But we should yeah. say like prayers up and, and you know, all thoughts go oh, yes, to- um, Kelly Oubre, because as much as we hate the Sixers, like, you know, this obviously transcends um, how we feel about the team. And that's just such a terrible, unlucky thing. Um, so I hope to see him back on the court uh, very, very soon. That's all. I did I did see that he's like on the exercise bike already and stuff like that. Um, from I was in a I was in a Sixers live stream watching the first quarter of the Pacers game, just, you know, doing my reconnaissance. And uh, <laughs> yeah, they were talking about how he's been back in the facility. So Great. Seems to have avoided like any like catastrophic issues, but we'll see. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Just good. good to hear. Yeah. So we are going to be doing playback for the game tomorrow. Playback.tv slash first of the floor, firing up the playback room right before Celtics Sixers tip off. Uh, if you're not part of the playback room, are we ready? Uh, we've got 200 members there. Uh, it's a great way to watch the game. It's just a watch party. Our faces are on the screen. The game is on the screen as well. Obviously, if you've got an NBA League Pass subscription and you can hang out uh, and talk shit about the Sixers as we digest the game. So lots of fun. Playback.tv slash first of the floor. Guys, that's going to do it for this one. Thank you so much for joining us. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to the podcast. Like and comment. Help us navigate the algorithm. Spoonie, Jake, love your work, guys. Until next time. Jordan Crawford, Player of the Week 2013. Never forget. See ya. I love- <laughs>